RBN. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. What a wild and crazy week we have had in these markets as we take a look at what's been happening in the trade. We're going to look, obviously, as no surprise, what's been going on with Russia and Ukraine. We know that yesterday the ports were shut down, uh, but some say they got the grain out of there, a lot of it out of there in time. We'll find out more about that. There's been just a lot of volatility in the markets, some emotions that are going on to it. Let's look at the stock market, the dollar, livestock side backing off a little bit on these cattle but hogs have had a good run even though we saw some negativity in their trade to wrap out the week so having said all that we're going to bring in darren fessler he's with lakefront futures to find out what's going on get the insight from him and let's start out talking russia and ukraine you know yesterday the markets just went wild started to back off at day's end and it seems like today we're kind of given back or, or falling back to what we gained in yesterday's trade yeah, this is a market that, uh, as I, I continue to tell clients and subscribers, that it, it is hypersensitive to any type of headlines out there. And you add the fact that this market had, um, beans in particular, had made a huge run, and then you had beans up, let's say, the night of the attacks, up 80, 90 cents. It just kind of makes you wonder, boy, a head scratcher here, why is beans up 90 cents? on a Ukrainian issue. And, and then you see beans had a wicked, wicked candle reversal yesterday and then traded a lot lower today. The same thing can be said in in the wheat markets across Chicago, KC, Minneapolis. Now, some of this could be as we approach month in, uh, first notice day. Um, I, I think there's a lot of things you know, coming to coming to a head here. You know, at the time frame of the year, given how much some of these markets have ran. But yeah, I mean, I I foresee that uh, the volatility is going to remain high here until, and let's hope we get some diplomatic resolve between Russia and Ukraine. But uh, I think the volatility is going to be around for a little while yet. And still, we got we got a big big number at the end of the month next month coming up with acreage. And it seems like they kind of forgot there was an Ag Outlook Forum happening this week as well. I mean, it just the focus has been so funneled into what's happening globally. We kind of forget what's going on here in the States. Yeah, you know, we, we, all, we almost spaced it off. I mean, Outlook Forum came in at 92 million. I strongly agree with that core number on acres. And 88 million on the beans. I strongly agree with that number. Uh, you know, you look at the recent moves we've seen this week with the bean corn ratio getting north of two and a half. I think that may have maybe pushed some guys more back to the, the to the bean side of things. You know, if they've been kind of on the fence of what to do here. But you know, I'm still very much in a camp. The the corn country, the the Nebraskas of the world, the Iowas, the Illinois, uh, it's going to be very very much rotational. Uh, I don't think you're going to go heavy heavy corn or beans either way. We're going to be sticking rotation, but where it's going to matter the most, I think, is probably in the Dakotas, where you still got to be battling with high fertilizer prices. And so, could there be a, a shift between spring wheat and back to beans? I think the beans are going to be. Uh, more of a king in North Dakota for the years to come here. So I do think, uh, especially in certain areas of the Dakotas, we're, we're probably going to see a lot more beans. So I'm glad you brought up wheat. Uh, this week I was at the Wheat Quality Council's annual meeting in Kansas City. And from Oklahoma to Colorado, and they were talking winter wheat, uh, the dryness that is there, the, the lack of grazing opportunities for cattle that are there. And a lot of uh, these experts were talking about 
they don't know if this wheat's going to survive, even as tough as wheat is. They said they could see some acre shifts uh, looking at milo or or uh, cotton or even some corn and beans in some areas. Having said that, now what we need to hear for this wheat market, especially when we've got the global issue going on with Syria and Russia. Yeah, the I, I, I agree with everything that that, that that was said at the conference because the wheat is not that good in certain areas. You remember a couple months back we had a lot of wind. I mean that was sandblast a lot of that crop, and then you had attacked on all the dryness to it. Yes, there's a lot of producers out there, especially dry land type wheat guys that are they're really questioning what's what could be. Now, granted, wheat wheat has proven itself over and over to get had nine lives, but you know nine lives you know 10 times you're dead and, and that's kind of where i'm at too because just even here in the eastern part of nebraska we haven't had very much rain i mean i can't remember honestly the last time we've had an inch of rain and so i, I am concerned about this winter wheat crop um I, but i still think that the market's going to provide you some opportunities but I, I don't think these opportunities just sit on your hands type of thing you know if you're one of these guys that are under irrigation some of this winter wheat and you know you're going to produce somewhat of a an okay crop i mean boy we're still at some really good levels i mean we took out some highs that we hadn't seen since 2012 on this kc wheat market just yesterday before we had a big reversal so you know i think again this is a market that's hypersensitive that's going to see increased volatility until a lot of things are more known Russia, Ukraine, weather, uh, acreage. I mean, there's just too much uncertainty now. And I think given some of the runs, given some of the managed money positions, I think if you're a portfolio manager or you're a hedge fund, you're sitting back here, okay, uh, we're not maybe changing our stance here. We're still bullish these markets. We still have some inflationary pressure. But let's decrease the size of what we're trading until we know better. And I think that from a risk management standpoint is a very prudent thing to do if you are one managing institutional money. All right. Well, then let's talk stock market and the dollar. I mean, the factors that they're going to weigh in on this grain and livestock trade, not only what we saw this week, but into next. The the dollar, I, I have been a dollar bull. I know that's kind of why. Why would you be a dollar bull when you're printing 40% of the money in the last couple of years? Well, I simply this is because if if we see a lot of pressure yet to come here in, in the global equity markets, U.S. markets, China, Russia, Russia markets were down 45% yesterday. I think it's one of these things where it's a flight to safety trade, and I think that that could could pressure some of these commodities in, in the months ahead. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up, including a unique tweet that was sent out by Darren. More's coming up. It is the Friday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we understand there could be some tough decisions this spring when choosing seed for your farm. Fontenelle still has a good selection of Extendiflex soybeans with triple stack tolerance to dicamba, glyphosate, and glufosinate to handle your toughest weeds. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer about Extendiflex soybeans and ask about our locally proven corn hybrids too. Always follow IRM, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label. RVN.
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Darren Fessler is joining us with Lakefront Futures. And I say this a lot, Darren, that I wish people could hear our conversation during the commercial break. But we're going to start off with part of that conversation you and I had. And that was a tweet that you put out uh, just a couple days ago, I think on Wednesday, when you were talking about China's ag minister saying that the country is going to reduce their dependence on foreign soybean imports, which is interesting because right now they're needing the beans to feed their people, to feed their livestock. We know the struggle that's happening in South America and the corn versus bean acre war that's going to happen here in the States. But then you brought up a point that there's some underlying bigger pictures to this comment about the foreign soybean imports. Yes, and, and I think that in, in general, uh, there were some comments made this morning that it, it just kind of makes you wonder how uh, what, what really China's intentions are, um, how well is our relationship with China at the moment. Um, and so do, do I think China really wants to be more, you know, energy independent, agricultural independent? I, I really believe so. Um, cause if you look at not, don't just look at the words, but look at the trade packs that are starting to create and they have created over the years. Um, you know, the most recent one with Russia, uh, kind of makes one scratch your head a little bit as well about, you know, what's Russia doing with Ukraine? Yeah, China got a big pick, trade pack with, with Russia. That could be a huge energy supplier to China. Uh, but there's more trade packs with Argentina. Uh, you know, that's a huge soy mill exporter. But again, I, I think that you, we look at the Chinese imports here and you look at, you know, where we are six months down the road here, I, I have a hard time believing that the U.S. is going to, you know, pick up the export pace, even even with the South American uh, dryness that they have seen. Uh, we're just they, the dryness is to the point where it's it's really knocked the crop down, but it's still not a terrible crop. I think a lot of people are trying to equate the the South American dryness to something like what we had in 2012 here in the states, and it's not even close to that. I mean, we're still talking about the third largest soybean crop in Brazil's Brazil's history. So Brazil's still going to probably export at least probably 75, 80 million metric tons. And that stuff over the next six months, the U.S. The US is going to have to battle against. And, and right now, if you look at the FOB prices or even the prices going into China, uh, you know, even six months out, you know, the U.S. is still at a disadvantage because Brazil is still going to be cheaper. Um, and where maybe where the U.S. begins more strong, um, you know, maybe into the 22, 23 time frame, because soybean sales for a new crop um, have been pretty strong. But I would just be very cautious. Watch what China does, not what China says in this environment. That's some pretty strong advice. Let's uh, flip the page a little bit and take a look at what's been happening on the on the livestock side of it. Uh, cattle backed off a bit, but still, for the most most part, we can say had a pretty good week. Yeah, I, I you know I've I've been been somewhat friendly cattle. I you know we, we still got a hedge in this market when you get up to these levels. I'm, I'm pleased we got positions on when we did and but you, you look at the longer term perspective on cattle here the, the beef cow numbers are going to be down we're probably going to be looking at some of the lowest numbers we've had in the last seven or eight years you look at you know the, the cost of gain for some of this stuff you're going to feed it six seven dollar corn you're going to feed it nine dollar wheat um, and, and you know not only that but look at some of the drought conditions that we have going on here there's not a lot of whole a lot of incentive here, in my opinion, for for guys just to go out there and just rebuild herds. Now, I think there's going to come a time 
where that's going to happen. Uh, one thing I want to be cautious about cattle is, again, if you have some equity sell-off, you have the consumer pull back some of the reins instead of buying that $25 T-bone, maybe they just stick with the big ground beef. Uh, you know, those are things that I think in the near term are a little bit at risk for the cattle market. But longer term here, I do think once, if we have a decent growing season here in the States and we, we recoup some of our losses, uh, you know, with this corn supply or even meet some higher demand levels on corn and we have decent carryouts and stuff, I, I think that these, these cattle can move higher over the longer term, especially feeders. Um, I think there's, there's a bright outlook for cattle. It's just we're going to probably go through some rough waters in the meantime, maybe over the next few months until we have a little bit better picture about the growing season, how the weather's looking here. What about for hogs? I mean, we, we really saw them doing pretty well, and it's like they hit just a temporary wall. Yeah, and that, that's, I think that and you hit it held, uh, right on the nail on the head there. I mean, it's a temporary wall. Uh, you know, I, we've been bullish hogs here since 90 uh, on some of these front months here. We got up to about a buck 20, a little over there, buck 21. And now you're seeing a little bit of setback here. Now, that's not too shocking here. The, the chart structure is still looking good here. You don't want too much breakdown from these current levels, or, you know, you could go back, you know, the 110, 108 wouldn't be too surprising here. But again, uh, still good levels on these hogs and again i want to keep an eye on these chinese crush margins which are continuing to be negative here but watch the chinese hog prices versus the u.s i think it's been a good indicator they've been going in two different directions here so keep that in mind all right what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you darren they can reach direct me at 312-858-3668. And that has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As always, reminder that commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss that aren't suitable to all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network. Thank you much, Susan. Coming up next on KRVN, Clay Patton talks to Kyle Bumstead for the Kennel on Feed Report. This Kennel on Feed Report sponsored by High Game Feedlot and Ag.